Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. I hope that everyone is well and that this reaches you all in good spirits and a good mood at least and I'm hoping for better days. Thank you so much for joining me today and we have a really special guest today and as I always say my guests are all special but this one in particular has done so much work for charity and so many charitable causes and especially to a charity that's very very dear to my heart the Prince's Trust and this is a as I would call him a very good friend of mine actually who has helped me a lot also with regards to the Prince's Trust and his very, very motivational and inspirational attitude. He has also been awarded an MBE for all his hard work. So let me introduce to you Steve Lindsay. Hello, Steve. Hello, Mimi. Hi, how are you today? Yep, fine. Thank you very much. Yep. And how are things with you? How How's life? Well, it's very frustrating, isn't it? We all, we all must feel that we can't be out and about doing the things we normally do. But mm. trying to uh, keep doing things has done quite a lot uh, of contacts with on the phone or using the new Zoom program. Oh, yes. So trying, trying mm. to keep the momentum going while, while we're locked down. Yeah. I know it's not it's not easy. It, it's been now several weeks and um, I don't really know. I was watching today. Um, the news with the Prime Minister, but I don't know when this is all going to sort of ease off a little bit. But I'm, I have hope that it's going to be not in the too distant future. So I know you're a very, very busy man. And I, as I introduced you, you know, you do so much for the Prince's Trust, but also you do so much for other people. And please tell us a little bit about, tell the listeners and share with everybody a little bit about your life and your story, because it is really, I have to say to everybody, I'm amazed at this man. I really am. The amount of things that he does for other people is absolutely incredible. So please, Steve, share with us. Well, you, you embarrassed me, Mimi. Uh, I, I don't think of myself as anything special. You are, uh, but, you are, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but, but I do recognise that I wouldn't have been able to be so busy uh, and get so much satisfaction from the things I've been doing was it not for my wife who is very much likes to be in the background and and has supported me tremendously over the years we've been married 
40, uh, 47 years, so uh, a long time. And um, she, uh, I think initially I didn't realise how uh, the role she was dropping into, but certainly uh, I know now how much support she's provided in the background. So my first credit has to be to her uh, for her support. Well, that's wonderful because, you know, that old adage and that old saying, you know, behind every successful man, Absolutely. I don't know, you know, without getting into trouble now for saying that. But it doesn't matter because, you know, I think we all need somebody there um, as a backbone in our life to be able yeah. to do, to follow our dreams and to do what really we can do um, to pursue our heart's desires. So tell us a little bit about your work and how did you get your MBE and a little bit about um you know your your inspirations and your passions for life what keeps you going oh, well i'll try maybe um i was very fortunate i was uh, i had a career in banking uh which gives you a certain amount of confidence prestige if you like almost uh certainly confidence to to deal with people and situations so with that background uh, when I was a junior manager uh, in Luton uh, in the late 70s, um, my boss at the time got an invitation, I think, from Prince Charles uh, to say we're forming the Prince's Trust. Uh, we want to set up a committee in Bedfordshire. Uh, would, would Barclays uh, support this, this initiative? And the, the, uh, the Manager, the senior manager at the time said to me, Steve, I'd like you to take on this responsibility to represent the bank and get involved in this charity. Uh, so uh, off I went and uh, it, I very quickly felt very comfortable and very motivated by the work the trust was trying to do. And despite the fact the trust has changed many times in 40 years, as you can you can imagine. Yes, yes, uh, I can believe. I'm, I've been happy to to go with the changes and support where I can really. So it's been a, a real passion of mine for over 40 years. And what sort of thing do you do within the trust, Steve? Okay. Well, with the banking background, uh, they felt it, I could be most useful by supporting startup businesses. And we've done that in many different ways over the 40 years. Um, Initially, it must have been hugely uh, challenging for the young people we were working with. Um, this was a, a committee of senior businessmen at the time, uh, and they were interviewed by this group. It must have been a fearful uh, situation for them. Yes. Um, and they talked about their plans, and, and we gave them grants. Uh, we gave loans, soft loans. Uh, and provided mentor support uh, right from the early days. So the three main planks have stayed uh, consistent throughout you know, the whole life of the trust. But the way we deliver the support has changed dramatically uh, over the years. And we, I think we're much more understanding. We're much more structured. Uh, the support is, is, is pretty comprehensive now. And... Um, I'm, I'm still very much enjoying it. So uh, I, it's the business. It was, it was, I think, can't remember what it was called. Uh, just I, No, that's right. It was called, the trust actually had a different name. It was the Prince's Youth Business Trust. Uh, oh, okay. In, in the early days. And then mm -hmm. it was all absorbed under uh, the Prince's Trust umbrella. Uh, and we now call it the Enterprise Programme. 
Okay, the Enterprise Programme. And what is that, um, what is that all about, uh, Steve? For people, the listeners that uh, don't know about it, what does the Prince's Trust do? Okay, well, for a lot of people, self-employment is perhaps the only option or it's the option of choice. Right. Uh, particularly if you, I mean, ignoring the current situation, um, if yes. you haven't done particularly well at school and your, you know, your exam results weren't great uh, and you haven't got a very impressive CV, then perhaps setting up your own business might be the way for you. And we've always seen it as a, an option for people who perhaps don't um, do well in an academic sense although the, the brush is quite wide now. But, but it's always been to support those young people who've got uh, some sort of disadvantage in life and, and need to, to find their way uh, in a different route. So self-employment has been the, the main thrust. Um, mm-hmm. And we've been looking to make sure that, that it's not a wild pipe dream, that it, it's based in reality. And therefore, certainly now, um, the young people who, who uh, come forward for that program and, and we're still running the courses and we're, we're going to be doing them uh, online, of course, uh, in the coming weeks, but, but they were face-to-face until recently. Um, they, they were doing four days uh, of, um, I was going to say chalk and talk, but, but certainly uh, face-to-face events. We've been supported uh, in the county and uh, we now work in a wider region um, by many large businesses. Uh, and in fact, Ernst Young provide premises for us to run the course. Um, and we take people through all the aspects of running your own business. Um, and the people running those courses are either volunteers like myself or paid employees of the trust. So it, it is really from the basics. And I know that the youngsters come from all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of personal problems and issues. And um, you actually guide them all the way through. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I, I talk on the course uh, and then I meet them at various stages while they're planning their business. Uh, and I'm, I chair the panel that reviews their business plans before we sort of press the go button uh, and provide either a loan if they need one, uh, perhaps a grant. But, but in, very importantly, uh, Mimi, the, the, the mentor relationship. So an experienced person who will stand by them, be there to answer questions and support them. And that support lasts for three years. So that's, that's, that's a huge commitment. Oh, it's actually. for three years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's how many, do you have any people at the moment that you're mentoring? I'm, I'm working with, uh, with one young man at the moment. Uh, I won't give his name, but mm-hmm. um, he's a young man who does have uh, some mental problems. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think he would sat, settle in, a, in a, a job, but he has a passion for music uh, and he's got some skills uh, at recording uh, and he's he seems to be able to organize events uh, because he ran a series of musical events in a pub um, where he was providing the artists and all that sort of thing so he, he's got he certainly has some flair in that area and we're helping him uh, set up 
uh, I suppose you'd call it an agency for musicians where he would look after them, uh, arrange their bookings, arrange their recordings, if that's what where they're going, uh, and hopefully sell some, some discs. So we're that, working with him at the moment, yeah. So that's what you're doing as well. I know you told me a story um, about someone that you helped that was sleeping rough. And yeah, um, yeah, was yeah. that was quite an encouraging story, I have to say. And even to this day, I think about it because I think, mm. well, you know, if somebody can do that, you know, the, the work that you do, um, Steve, and change somebody's life completely, it, you know, it really deserves recognition. Well, Tell me a little bit about what happened with this young man. Well, yeah, the young man concerned, it left a marked impression on me. Uh, me. Uh, we do, we run various sort of introductory sessions um, and people are invited to come along and uh, I, I guess he would have been referred by perhaps the drug agency or um, the unemployment service that we work with all those organisations. And anyway, I went to a meeting. Um, it was held in the Quaker Hall in Luton. Perhaps a, perhaps a good place to have that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and each, each young person, there was about eight or nine young people at that particular session, were talking about their lives and, and what they were doing. And this chap, uh, aged about 22, 23, told the most amazing story. Um, he'd got in, uh, his mother had, had uh, was a drug addict, so he'd lived with drugs at home all his life. Um, they'd fallen out, and he was sleeping in a car park. Um, I mean, it's pretty awful, isn't it? It is, it is. I remember it, this story stuck with me. It stuck with me, uh, Mimi, and mm. um, he, he told me about that he was getting, um, uh, what do they call it, universal credit or one of these you know, government things. Uh, and he'd got a, uh, he'd had a relationship, got a young child and he was giving all the money he got to, to the young lady who's got the child. And, um, and he, I think he was popping in occasionally to check and make sure they were okay. Uh, so he had, I don't know, 20 or 30 pounds to live on a month. I mean, really nothing. Uh, Abysmal. A, mm. a dreadful situation. He, mm. he had got uh, a habit of, uh, smoking cannabis which you know we, we won't, won't approve of but you know you, you perhaps needed some sort of it is as it is you know uh, sometimes you've got to do what you have to do well, although right. not the best solution no. but and of course in that situation it's almost impossible to get a job because he didn't have of course. a home address mm. although i think he was using his mother's address for for some communication anyway um no, so we, we, we sat and uh, we chatted for a long while. And, and I was really delighted to hear a few weeks later, we, we, um, we financed the trust, uh, financed getting him a passport uh, because he had no means of identification. So when I he, love this story. Yeah. I just can't, you know, it, it's an amazing story. Well, so he, when he went, you know, for a job, you know, he couldn't even prove who he was. Anyway, so we and we have been providing passports for people in this situation for a while, actually. Anyway, we, we got him a passport and I was delighted. I couldn't believe. But later on, I, I don't know, a few weeks later on, four or five weeks later on, we heard that he'd got a job with the local authority 
working on the bin the bin uh, lorries and you know that's a huge step forward regular work regularly yes um, we could mm. start to you know look perhaps for renting a place or something it was that first step back to normal life and i was so pleased to hear it for him it it is beautiful i remember you telling me this story and i i was so i don't know it was even though i don't know this young man it it seemed so heart-wrenching that you had been able to put somebody you know on the ladder of life again you know because yeah. we can all yeah. walk through the shadows of life i always say this but sometimes all we need is just a helping hand yeah yeah that yes i mean i we have this uh, uh princess trust provides its support for young people using various programs and one of the ones is small cash awards where it moves people forward in their lives uh, i one time we were providing quite a lot of laptops we had a supplier who would give us a laptop for 150 quid and the, the people would come to us who got been accepted on courses uh, at college and that sort of thing but their parents and themselves they just haven't got the money to buy the laptop and you can't really do a course at a university a, a college without a laptop nowadays that's we right that's right that's the way of the world and so we we were providing laptops which enabled people to you know take up the places that they've got at college small amounts of money very targeted um we don't give them the money we always buy the buy the thing i remember mm-hmm. uh, a, a chap who been out of work for a long time and finally got a job but he lived at one side of luton the job was the other side and he wasn't going to be paid for a month the usual way how was he going to get to work for that first month uh, yeah, and we bought yeah. him a bus season ticket so that he could get to work for that first month again it's a small amount of money relatively but it got him over that problem and enabled him to start work uh, and that's what these small awards are, are targeted at but they make a huge absolutely. difference you know absolutely. you know it doesn't you know it's a small award you know possibly it looks like a small award mm. but that enables him or her or whoever to transform their life it, it does yeah uh, we, we we formed a little committee locally and um, the princess trust people would uh, get the applications and they were presented to us once a month uh, and we went through them and approved them and uh, yeah it, some terrific stories and, and some great situations we could help with and how does it make you feel because I know Steve you're involved in other things I know you're involved with the scouts and other types of um, charity work that you do what what inspires you to do this you know do you sit at the end of the day and say (laughs) you know Steve I've done this and I feel good what is it that keeps you motivated to keep going well it 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 it, it, it sounds a very pat answer that but it is the young people um when Mm. when you when you know that you've helped somebody move forward um just the other day Mimi a, a young lady was referred to me who had been un, been unemployed for since last summer so nine ten months okay. uh, she was autistic 
uh, a very bright girl. I, I was, I, when I spoke to her and saw her CV and I thought, this girl is amazing. You know, surely she can get a job. Uh, and mm. we sat and, I mean, I haven't met her because, you know, obviously we can't meet at the moment, but uh, we, we talked on the phone and I was, I thought this girl is so full of energy. You know, she's, surely she can get a job. And we talked about it and we talked about how she might discuss herself at an interview. For a lot of young people, the interview process is, is quite daunting. Uh, yeah. And I think that, that that had, you know, worried her for a long while. Anyway, we chatted for an hour or so one evening and I thought, well, you know, perhaps it's helped. I don't know. And I was so pleased. She phoned the, on Saturday night, uh, about eight o'clock at night. My wife and I were sitting down and... Um, she said, I've got to tell you, I've got a job. Um, and, oh. I, you know, I was just amazed. It, it, it's it's a job cleaning. It's a, as to the supermarket. But it's a, it's a full first step back, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. And she was over the moon. Absolutely. And I was so, so pleased oh. for her. Uh, it's only, only a few days. Uh, uh, you know, it's only a part-time job. But it's that. Doesn't it's matter. That, but, and Doesn't she matter. was genuinely full of. <laughs> Uh, joy about it and yeah that that little instance yeah that that's what drives you did that give you a little bit yeah. of a, a so smile I had a buzz uh, at the weekend about that yeah I was really pleased for her it, amazing I and I as I always say to you your work astounds <laughs> me and you have this incredible amount of energy that even you know when we've met, I've been tired just listening <laughs> to all the stories that you do because you do so much, so well, much, anyway. so much. And I know that I know that you help other charities as well. And, you know, you're called upon as well to help other people. Well, but um, tell me a little bit about your MBE. I have to ask you because it's a wonderful achievement. Well, uh... It, it, I, I'm embarrassed that in a way I don't think I deserve. Don't be shy. But, just, but just it, tell it us. was a, a, a lovely thing to happen. Um, yes, I, I suppose it, yes, it was in recognition of the work for the trust. It's over forty years. Um, I, I, I didn't know it was going on the recommendation or anything like that, but apparently, the trust. Uh, some people in the trust, senior people in the trust, um, made the recommendation. Uh, I understand references are taken to make sure you're uh, you're sound, <laughs> because uh, yes. one of my friends in scouting <laughs> said he'd had an inquiry, so they they do check you out. Um, and uh, what happens is that um, this was in the Queen's uh, New Year's Day honours list uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and the, the process is, is really nice. Uh, I got a letter from David Cameron, who was obviously the prime minister at the time, saying, uh, you know, that he was minded, minded to recommend, I think were the words, um, to Her Majesty that, uh, you know, get this award. And um, because you, that's the point at which you can say, yes, I, I, I accept the award or no, I prefer not to. Um, so that's, you know, that's your chance to. So you have a choice. You, have a choice. Whether to yeah. Accept yeah. It. you get a letter in about mm -hmm. November time. So, you know, obviously it was a sort of secret that I had to uh, keep, um, apart from my wife, um, from family and friends. Um, and, of course, 
then on on the 1st of January, the, all the names are released, aren't they? And they're all printed in the paper and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yes, it, it becomes public, public knowledge on the 1st of January. And uh, then at a, a later stage, you get invited down to the palace to receive the award. And, you know, there are hundreds of people get these things over the year, over a year. So they, they do them in you know, lots of different sessions. Anyway, so you, you get invited to go to the palace and that's really lovely and you can take two guests and um, uh, it was nice both my sons could come so that was nice, the three of us and my wife um, were invited and uh, it, it was Prince Charles who was on duty that day uh, and mm -hmm. it's, it's superbly organised, you know, you feel, they make you feel special, they brief you what's going to happen, your guests sit in, in the big hall in Buckingham Palace and you're you're in a sort of ante room, and um, in in due course your 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 name is read out, and uh, by a very stern official, and you walk across across <laughs> in front of uh, whichever royal it is, and uh, and they they they've got the award, and somebody has uh, sort of whispered in their ear who you are, <laughs> right. Discreetly, yes. and um, Prince Charles said to me, "Well, you know, obviously, you know, congratulations." And he said, uh, "Will you will you be continuing to work for the trust?" Uh, and I said, "Yes, I will, as long as they want me to. I'm I'm very happy to do so." So we had a, a little word, mm -hmm. and then uh, then you sort of bow and and, uh, and and off you go. And then afterwards, everybody leaves together, and all the photographers are there, and you have your photograph taken and all that sort of thing. And then we, as a family, we went out for a meal. So it was a lovely day. Yeah. A memorable, I think it's a memorable thing. And I think so well, well deserved. And did you feel differently about yourself? You know, some people, when they receive awards, is it just do you, the next day, just get up and, you know, <laughs> I don't know, go shopping, then it's normal. Or do you think to yourself, Actually, you know, Steve, no, I've got this no, MBE no, going on. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed, really, and I don't. Um, I mean, you get a wonderful certificate signed by the Queen, and and mm, and you beautiful. have. I have been invited to a number of uh, events um, in the county mm -hmm. and that sort of thing uh, afterwards. No, but no, everyday life carries on the same, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. It does. It does. And um, I know that you're a very family orientated um, man and that gives you a lot of um, pleasure as well to be around your family. Would you say that um, it is your family that inspires you? Um, well, I, I think they, they keep me grounded. I think that's probably, the, the, you know, they mm. make sure that I'm, uh, you know, know what's going on. I think I'm really lucky that we've got teenage grandchildren and that you know they teach you things about what young people are thinking and doing so it, it, it helps me with my work actually because otherwise you as a you know senior citizen now you would you would lose touch with what young people are thinking and doing and it's lovely that my grandchildren keep me up to date if you like and in the loop in exactly the loop, so yeah. yeah so I am grateful yeah for, you know for what and it and it helps me with them because the experiences that I have with young people um i can i can relate to them better so we can be closer 
uh, and we have a, a good understanding, a good relationship, particularly with the teenage grandchildren. It's a good way, isn't it, to build relationships. Yeah. I think understanding um, somebody from whatever age is one of the main things in any relationship is that understanding mm. and the respect for each other. And this is something that's really difficult in the world right now. I think because of all this that has happened, you know, with the current events, I don't know, but I feel, I don't know about yourself, I feel that people have become more understanding and somehow are willing to listen more yeah. to each yeah, other. Yeah, I'd agree. I think people are much more tolerant of diversity nowadays and that that is so important. Uh, you and I have talked a number of times and I really enjoyed those conversations. And Thank you. No, Me I too. And, Thank um, you. I think that I think I said to you the other day, the thing that really I've learned uh, and I, I think is so important is not to prejudge youngsters. Um, that they do have more pressure than young people had. Uh, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on young people nowadays on a whole, sure. whole range sure. of ways. Social media has put pressure on them, their behaviours, the way they look, um, what they do with their lives. Um, the, the, yes, there's, it's much harder being a young person than it was when I was a young person. Uh, life seemed quite straightforward in those days. It, it's certainly not now. Uh, so no, so it isn't. If yeah. we can, we as the older generation, or uh, can can be patient and and understanding and uh, and supportive, then that's that's our role, really. And I know that you've travelled quite a bit, Steve, <laughs> um, <laughs> to some places you've told me about. Um, have you got any plans once this is all over? What What are your sort of aspirations or goals what would you like to do what is the sort of thing that you'd still want to do and you haven't done uh that, that's that's a good question actually Mimi um that I, I suppose if you say what's in my bucket list uh I I would like to go to in the far east Vietnam somewhere like that Cambodia uh and just to experience their lifestyles before they change I did read a book and and someone said, look, you know, you've only got the next five or 10 years to go to these places because by the time, if you leave it longer than that, they'll be very much like everywhere else because the world is you know, quite conforming in many ways. Big cities are everywhere, yeah. aren't they? Tower blocks and, and all that stuff. And, and the real different features of countries are disappearing and, uh, and I would love to go to those countries. Whether I'll get the opportunity, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, the the uniqueness of every exactly. culture. Exactly. It has a, it has a lot to be said for that. And I know also on my travels, and I'm sure on yours, the more you travel, the more your heart and your soul opens to other mm -hmm. people, and you have a greater understanding for people. What gives you that understanding, do you think, um, not to prejudge people, but to really be so accepting of everybody? Do you well, think, Steve? I, I, I think you can, you can see it in a lot of uh, those sort of, um, that, you know, you call them the third world economists. Uh, I spent some time in Nepal, mm -hmm. and the, they're such a happy 
people. I know it's a great generalization, but they give off a real feeling of warmth and friendliness. And yet they have so little in, in possession terms. Uh, and I can just, yes. there's a little instance I can, we, we did a trek and we finished the trek and it was, we were having this last meal on the trek and that they were, they, the, these, these Sherpas were um, cooking our meal and we had a few beers and, you know, sort of saying goodbye really. And that, that, that I think they were earning, this was about 10 years ago, they were earning two mm -hmm. pounds a day to be a Sherpa. That's how much they, they earned. Uh, and to a Western person, that's clearly a very small amount. Um, and what we did, we all our surplus clothes that we brought to Nepal mm -hmm. with us to do this trek, we put them all in a big bag and we gave them all our spare clothes at the end of the trek and they shared them out. So, you oh, know, T-shirts, shorts, trainers or whatever they were uh and they were delighted and and yes and, i'm sure they were they, well, you know i'm not trying to be clever or anything like that but it just showed the gulf in in wealth terms between the western individual and and people from these countries uh we we finished the track we dropped in a coach or minibus back to Kathmandu, and the leader of the trek who was a very experienced sherpa would then have to walk home and I said, well, how far? he said it's about 40 miles. So he had to walk home to see his family. Uh, and then when he got another trek to run, he would walk back to Kathmandu and join. And you think, well, <laughs> this is amazing, isn't it? You know, it's incredible what yeah. people do. And, and this, the, the power of this human spirit, which I love these stories, Steve, and especially, you know, how to overcome adversity but people seem to have this innate um gift of survival you know even us you know i say even us in these times you know in the united kingdom oh. i was i was talking to somebody yesterday and we were saying how happy we were when we realized and this is just like it sounds crazy that we found a carrot in the fridge <laughs> because i know it's mad but he said to me, um, he runs retreats and this, and he said, I was so happy to to find this carrot because it's so difficult to get food now. And mm. and it's this gratitude. Maybe it's this abundance of gratitude that um, makes them different. Well, they were certainly the mo one of the most friendly people I've ever met. Um, and yet they have so little in material terms. Um, we went to a school uh, halfway up a mountain, you know, the only way of getting there was to climb up the mountain. There was no roads. Um, the school uh, had no windows. It had a, a tin roof. Uh, they had bare desks and forms. No books, no paper. Um, and the, you've never seen such happy, content children. Unbelievable. And that remains in yeah. your heart, never, I suppose, for a long time. The men are so welcome. Uh, we knew we were going there and we'd taken uh, bags of pencils and pens and rulers and all that. And we, we collected those in England and we took those with us and left them at the school. Uh, it, it made a difference for them. Yeah. Again, you know, we're back to the thing of this, these what seemingly mm. are small 
act of mm. generosity are actually, you know, make the, yeah. the biggest differences. And Steve, you know, I'm so happy and thank you so much for coming on to the show. What advice I really would like you to share um, with us the advice, you know, these days have been difficult for the mm. whole world and for some people more than others. And I know that each of us somehow has our own suffering, our own, you know, sorrows and adversities. And even the people who seem the most happiest, really, we, we really don't know what's going on behind no, no. closed doors. Mm. What what advice would you give to people to not give up, really? What What's your advice? And something that you have used and that has worked for you. Well, that's a really hard one, uh, Mimi. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, life is about making the most of it, isn't it? Uh, it it would it's mm. it is. There, there are lots of reasons why we should be depressed and fed up and um, and angry, perhaps. But but at the end of the day, life is what you make it. And I would say to people: be positive, do what you can to help people, uh, listen to people, talk to people um and and just do what you can and and it sounds a bit bizarre but the only thing i i want people to say when i when i go and i finish you know, my life people to say mm. he was a good chap nothing else matters yeah the only thing that matters in life is your reputation uh everything else is is, is doesn't have any value really and I, I'm always conscious of that. I would like people to think he was a good chap. That's all. That's all. Well, I'm sure everybody <laughs> will think that, including myself, including myself. For sure. well, I'm not Absolutely. so sure, but I, I hope. I hope Absolutely. People do that. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. We've had Steve Lindsay, who has done amazing work and continues to do absolutely phenomenal work for other people giving people the chance to change their life for the better and um, that's something that really more of us should strive to do especially in these times and I think that maybe anything that is worthwhile is if anything is worthwhile that's left is the love and the care and compassion for another yeah, human yeah, being here, here you know but thank you so well, thank much you and thank you steve thank you for again me, Mimi. it's been a real pleasure talking to you yes the pleasure's all mine thank you and thank you all of you again for listening and i look forward to being with you again in the next show take care thank you for listening to secrets for an inspirational life brought to you by your host mimi novik please remember to subscribe to the podcast see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website www.miminovic.co.uk.